0: Welcome to My Friends Don't Know, a podcast about news and politics. I am your host and co-host, Gopi. This is episode number 10, and we're starting this off with a smack in the face. How naive of me. How naive of me to think that during a global pandemic, we could expect fair treatment by the essential workers we clap for every night at 7 p.m. This past weekend, over a 1,000 NYPD officers were deployed across New York City's five boroughs to enforce social distancing mandates with police officers reminding people to maintain six feet of distance and to wear face masks. Depending on where you live in New York City, that reminder to maintain social distance was given either by handing out masks or by beating the hell out of you, or threatening you with a taser. Disgraced Officer Francisco Garcia was stripped of his badge and gun. Why? Let's use the NYPD commissioner's Dermot Shea's own words. NYPD Commissioner Shea went on New York One on Monday morning to address the video showing disgraced Officer Francisco Garcia assaulting a citizen. The commissioner said, that we didn't see footage from the other cameras, footage that showed a young lady walked up to a gentleman sitting on a milk crate and after they spoke, she stood around as if she was waiting and that other people walked by without a mask. That was his justification for what happened, according to him. He went on to say that for every video like this, There are many that show peaceful interactions. That's the problem. There shouldn't be two different interactions. Matter of fact, I don't even care about those other videos. Let's focus on this one. Let's not deflect for once and address the problem. They want the public's trust, but they don't hold their own accountable. That's been the issue. Don't talk to me about no other videos. Talk to me about this one. Or you know what? Talk to me about the other video showing officers of the 75th precinct threatening residents in front of their own building. Three officers pinning down a citizen and cuffing him for allegedly not social distancing. He said this on New York One on Monday morning. That was his justification for the overuse and misuse of force over the weekend. Compared to people who were sitting around while close when confronted by the NYPD, if confronted is the word you could use here, they didn't get tasers pointed at them. They didn't get threatened with violence or demeaned in front of the people that were there. They didn't get threatened with tasers. They got masks handed to them by a police officer. We're going to stay on New York City for a little bit. The MTA, for the first time in history, announced that they will be stopping service from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. to sanitize the subway cars. This came as a response to the reporting of the homelessness crisis affecting New York City and specifically affecting the subway system. The crime stats are up, and on top of essential workers having to cram into packed train cars every day and worry about each other spreading the virus, now you have to also worry about the homeless people. Are they sick? Are they safe? Are they unwillingly spreading the virus? So, yes, in theory, sanitizing the subway system every day from 1 to 5 a.m., smart idea. Now, if you're an essential worker that has to travel between 1 to 5 a.m., the MTA put up a plan to help y'all, and this information is available on the mta.info website. Buses are free of charge between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. And they're prioritizing routes with existing overnight service that serve hospitals, routes that serve hospitals but don't have overnight service, and routes that are parallel to the subways. Between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m., they say that enhanced local buses are going to be running about every 20 minutes. And enhanced express buses are going to be running about every 30 minutes. Now, if taking a bus is not an option for you, as far as like you don't live close to a bus stop, things like that. They have what they call essential connector service, which is that essential workers are eligible for one free trip in a 4 hire vehicle per night. If a bus trip would take more than an hour and 20 minutes, a bus trip that would require more than two transfers, or if a walk to or from a bus stop is more than half a mile. So if you're eligible for that, you could call this number, select option one to book. Call 718-330-1234. So again, coming back, This came as a response to the homelessness crisis that we have in New York City. There are a couple details that were concerning to me. For example, let's say if I'm tasked with sanitizing the one train. If I got into a subway car to sanitize it, but there's a homeless person sleeping on the seats, I'm told not to engage with that person at all. So like I was saying, yeah, in theory, sanitizing the subways, great idea. But what happens if I can't sanitize this car because a homeless person or people are sleeping in it? Now, the person who was hired to deal with this crisis is Commissioner Stephen Banks. He's the head of the Department of Social Services. According to some reports, Commissioner Banks has wasted millions of taxpayer dollars on outreach teams that do nothing but look the other way when they find homeless people sleeping on trains and platforms. Banks and Mayor de Blasio had a plan they called Turning the Tide, which was supposed to build 90 homeless shelters all over the city, but instead they ended up hiring the usual developers they go to and building massive warehouse shelters. That offer no privacy or security. They said Banks could use Kendra's law to involuntarily commit the most seriously affected people as an option. But Banks and his staff insist that someone must present a danger to themselves or to others before they take that action. So it's more of a reactive approach rather than a proactive one. We shouldn't have to wait for something tragic to happen before we try and get someone help. But also understanding that it's a big step to involuntarily commit someone. All right, let's fly a little to the south to a report that Venezuela announced it captured two American mercenaries who were in Venezuela attempting to stage a coup. The men who were captured worked for a Florida security firm named Silvercore. Trump has denied any involvement in this and said that the United States has nothing to do with it. Remember those words exactly. Back in May of 2019, the head of Silver Corps, a former Special Forces soldier named Jordan Goudreau, Jordan was introduced to Keith Schiller, Trump's longtime bodyguard. Jordan and Keith then went to Miami to meet with representatives of Juan Guaidó, the Venezuelan opposition figure that Trump wants to put in place when they take out Maduro. This past Sunday, Silver Corps tweeted that a strike force was invading Venezuela and even tagged the president in the tweet. Let's also point out that Jordan Goudreau has also been hired by Trump while Trump was president to be his security. And now let's revisit what Trump told reporters Tuesday before he left to Arizona. Quote, whatever it is, we'll let you know, but it has nothing to do with our government. Yes, it has nothing to do with the government. Maybe because you hired private mercenaries to invade a country and take out their sitting leader. To be clear, this in no way is an opinion on how Maduro runs the government of Venezuela because I am not informed enough to to speak on it. I'm just here to kick facts and tell you what I do know. So to my friends that don't know, I hope this helped keep you informed. To my friends that do know, check me, man. Maybe I misspoke. I am your host and co-host, Goppy. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see y'all next week. It's 7 o'clock. I'm about to go make a clap out the window.